What's up, what's up, what's up? You are now tuned into What's the Word podcast. I am your host, Just Jazz, and I have three main goals to encourage you to grow godly character, to equip you to live effectively in today's society, and to open you to salvation through Jesus Christ. So ditch what you heard and let's discover what's the word. Welcome back, scholars. I just want to say thank you for all of the likes, all of the reviews, all of the messages on social media. You guys have been truly amazing, and I thank God for you. I want to start this week's episode off with some struggles for the week. I noticed that we started out with wins for the week, but let's just be honest. Every week I win (laughs) and every week I struggle. So let's highlight some struggles, too, because maybe you can learn from my struggle as I learn as well. So a struggle for this week for me was honestly watching what I say. It sounds simple, but Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And I really want you to find where that scripture is so that you can know it. I'm actually doing a Bible study this Saturday about it because it is really that serious. Like we really have to watch what we say and the things that we speak. God revealed to me this week that our words are like a fire. Once they're spoken, we can't reverse them or the damage they cause. So I challenge you to analyze your words this week to see if they are building people up or tearing people down. Y'all, it's also a struggle to get on here and make sure that I can get my information out in under 10 minutes because I love to talk. So if you ever want to do Bible study with me, I will provide that information in the show notes as well. Make sure you click the link in the show notes to be a part of our emailing list and to download a freebie. And I know a lot of you are wondering where the show notes are. If you just scroll up, you'll see the show notes. All right. We know that the book of Ezra was written to show God's faithfulness to his chosen people and how he would restore them and their land. So during this time in the second half of Ezra, we see that the people have been back for about 80 years with Zerubbabel and they have become a little stagnant. They have became lax with the doctrine that was God given. We cannot get lax during this time. I know a lot of us want to take this time as like a break, um, a rest time, restoration, but we cannot get laxed okay God has given us specific things to do and let's just call a spade a spade procrastination is disobedience no matter how you sugarcoat it Ezra comes to discover how tainted the Israelites have become after intermarrying and plans to end it now for those of you like what was intermarriage God gave the Israelites specific directions in Deuteronomy chapter 7 verses 3 through 4 God tells the Israelites not to intermarry with the enemies that are living in the land right now because they will lead their children down a path of destruction. And lo and behold, that's what happened. That is the reason why the Israelites were in exile because of King Solomon. He brought adultery to Israel on a national scale. He had over 700 wives, 300 concubines and could afford anything his heart desired. Ezra and his second caravan of people came back to see a nice looking temple, but the people's lives were now ruined. So he went to God to ask for direction. And that's where we find ourselves in Ezra chapter 10. And again, you guys, I have an NIV translation of the Bible. So our words may not be the same if you have a different version. Ezra chapter 10, verse 10. It says, then Ezra, the priest stood up and said to them, you have been unfaithful. You have married foreign women adding to Israel's guilt. Now honor or confess to the Lord, the God of your ancestors and do his will. Separate yourselves from the people around you and turn from your foreign wives. Today, I want to encourage you to be careful not to threaten your walk with God by taking on the practices of unbelievers. 
Ezra couldn't believe that here the Israelites were doing exactly what got them exiled in the first place. It was like a bad instant replay. God had given them a new life and protection, yet they still risked it by intermarriage. God uses even the most confusing situations for the good of those who love him. During my studies, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. So I wanted to know how many families were back. So about 29,000 families were back and only 113 were affected. So it gave me some hope to think, okay, not everybody had to, you know, be reset. And although the numbers didn't match up when I was trying to reference it and I found myself getting frustrated, I thought I would take it as a teachable moment to you. As you read the Bible, not all the numbers will add up, but you shouldn't let those small discrepancies take you away from what the real meaning of the Bible is. Even though the Israelites knew right from wrong, God didn't count them out. Once they confessed their sins and turned away from their wicked ways, he was able to use their bad decision for good. I don't know about you, but that gives me a lot of hope. It lets me know that God is with me through and through, no matter what. So I have a question for you. What gets most of your time, thoughts, and energy? Because that's your God. New Age idolatry comes in the form of sex, power, money, physical appearance, family, lust, leisure, success, and food. God warns us in Matthew chapter 6 verse 24 about serving two masters. He tells us that it's not possible. And I like to think of that episode of the Fresh Prince where Will realizes that Hillary has dropped out of school and now she has to be a slave to him. And Carlton finds out and now she's a slave to him. And by the end of that dinner, she is worn out and no good. That is the same with us. We cannot serve both good and evil. We have to acknowledge when we are in the wrong, no matter what the cost, nothing should be more important to us than our intimate relationship with God, even family. We cannot take anything with us to the promised land, you guys. So we have to be willing to risk it all for God. When we are in a right relationship with God, we are in the habit of confessing our sins and turning away. Confessing your sins is more than just saying, I'm sorry for doing X, Y, Z. I'll never do it again. Okay. So to make our repentance more than just fancy lip service, we have to walk it like we talk it. In other words, talk about it, be about it. So in order to correct our wrong behaviors, we have to one, confess our sins to God, two, ask for forgiveness, and three, accept grace and mercy. Don't spend too much time acquiring things that almost anyone can buy. That doesn't make you special because you cannot take it with you when you die. But the salvation that is given by Jesus is priceless and it's available for you whenever you are ready. Are you willing to risk it all for eternal life with Christ? Once again, I would like to thank you for tuning in to What's the Word podcast. If someone was on your mind while listening, please send them the link. And if you really enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. Make sure you connect with us on social media, on Instagram at underscore underscore what's the word podcast. And on Twitter at underscore underscore what's the word. If no one has told you today, I appreciate you and I love you. Be sure to tune into next week's episode where we talk about Ezra the teacher.